Welcome to Disjointed. Our podcast mission is to bring a voice to the problems facing decision-making in the built environment. Today, communication and processes are disjointed in the world of design and construction. Work happens across tools, teams, and timelines, making it hard to keep everyone connected. It's a constant challenge to reduce friction and meet project expectations. We believe there's a better way. And welcome to another episode of Disjointed. I have a good friend with me today, Charlie Dunn. Charlie, how you doing, man? Hey, doing great, Jeff. Well, it's great to have you on. Tell everybody who doesn't know who you are and uh, and what you do a little bit about you, Charlie. All right. So, favorite thing for me to say is I build time machines, and uh, what that means is. I use all the technology I can I can bring to bear on a project to take a team together forward in the future, identify problems we're going to have, come back to the present, fix them so we can deliver better. Um, but uh, at the summary level, you go to my LinkedIn page, you see I call myself a project storyteller. A little bit of that's tongue-in-cheek because I'm fortunate to work at DBR Construction where we don't take ourselves too seriously. Internally, we don't have titles. But there's actually, I'm, I'm learning more and more uh, that as we work on these fundamental human connections, to, you know, to, to, to spin on the positive or the disjointed calling us out for the negative, the better our projects deliver. And, and that the ability to tell the right stories that bring people together, that put them on a common mission has a lot more impact when I've worked on that people side in my career of better visual communication, better technical understanding together, we've gotten better results. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. And, I, and it, it is about people, right? We always talk about this. It's about people and process. And then the technology is just the accelerant, right? And that's what what I've wanted to focus on here at the show. It's why I brought you on. I mean, I, I get to have a fun title at Join, the, the Industry Evangelist. And it's kind of for the same thing. It's tongue in cheek. It's so that you and I can do these kind of things. So I always thought there's only one guy I know in this industry who's got a better title than I do, and that's Project Storyteller. And that's you, Charlie. So, um, but you use that storytelling, you use that power to solve the problems. And that's what I, I really want to talk about is what are the problems facing general contractors with these new modern delivery methods and the way things are changing? So I'm going to go to the one, because I started asking people this, like, okay, you're, you're, you're working on all these problems. Hopefully you know what your problem is and you know your problem matters. And, and, and that's just kind of a freebie. I think a lot of times what we do in the industry is we try new stuff. And we haven't done that basic definition of what problem we're trying to solve and does that problem really matter? And, and because we don't understand that simple <laughs> fundamental thing about innovation, we, we end up improving a lot of stuff that we just we should have stopped doing it a long time ago. <laughs> so so that's, that's, not, that's not my big one, but that just comes to mind as a free one. The big one is this, man, we have no chance to get better in, as an industry as long as we are a project-based industry. As long as we are, as long as we are, a hundred percent built to maximize profit on one project, get to the finish, and then go build a new team, new set of contracts, new partnerships to deliver the next project. We go project by project. We are not enterprise, even within GC and owner firms. It's very territorial. It's very you know, fiefdom, even a DPR where we work hard to be lean and bring the empathy and respect for people. The measurements are set up project by project, the metrics for schedule, for cost, for all of that. 
if we as an industry can't shift from that to enterprise and then where we really need to be as global, we, we fundamentally are not going to get better. We're going to keep showing up, starting from zero. And, and maybe we do better because the same team is there. Or maybe there's a couple of key players not there or designer shifts and we do the same type project, but we do worse. Um, and a quick story on why I, I kind of really lean in on this now. I worked a couple of years back on a, an internal kind of shark, tape, shark Tank innovation opportunity uh, within DPR. And I was, our, our idea was around generative design and what we needed to, to do to get data to start doing quicker generative design. But called a guy, we've done a project for um, Corning Fiber. So the guys who built out fiber optic networks around the world um, the, called the, the kind of CIO there to ask him some questions about how they view data. He said, Charlie, I appreciate where you're coming from. You think as a manufacturer, we've got some better data discipline. He said, I'm not going to disagree with you because I don't know how you guys ever get anything intelligent out of SDDDCD. <laughs> we just went through this and we were like, wow, that's amazing. But let's please not do that again. Um, but he said, just so you know, there's another industry that inspires us with data. And that's healthcare. And this was pre-COVID. But he said, Charlie, think about what they were able to do with genomic sequencing. Somehow they figured out how to take a problem, make it open source, make it global so that everybody can tap into this and they could accelerate through and deliver unbelievable results. And whatever your views are on current vaccines, the same thing we've seen happen with COVID. The ability to accelerate with an open source shared data model, that's what I aspire to. And until we have that in construction, we are continue. We will continue to lag, and we'll be down there with like hunting, fishing, gaming, <laughs> on, right? <laughs> like we all hate seeing that chart. We I don't want to bring it up, but that's. But to me, that's the fundamental switch we've got to flip. We've got to become global, open source enterprise, not one project at a time. You hit on a couple of things there that I want to go back to because I had Ryan Furtag on, and he said our mental model is broken. Right. And I think you're talking about that. It's like I've said this quite frequently to people. The first time you do anything is usually the worst time you do it. You know, that might be an exception when it comes to music, but I still think it's the first time you do something's the worst. You get better and better as a team, as a group. Um, you solve the problems faster. So you're saying that 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 whole project by project, we redo it every time is killing us. Exactly. And, and, and I have guys that, that they'll reject something like, why do I need it on my project? I, I even had a guy I have tremendous respect for and his ability to deliver projects. But he said, Charlie, if the only value in doing this on this project is that we get data so a next project can be better, I'm not doing it. So, so, yeah, so we all hate that McKinsey graph, but but we're going to have to keep beating ourselves over the head with it until we do something different, right? We're, we're, we're going through that insanity piece. But I want to I go to that healthcare thing because at first I didn't realize where you were going with, and uh, with the genomic sequencing. There's this idea, what you're, what, to translate that into construction is, is each one of the people I come across in construction is looking at their, trying to look at their data, but they're always focused on their own data. And that really tells you how much you're good or you suck. 
that's it. It doesn't give you any benchmark. It doesn't give you any idea of how we're doing globally. So you're saying, and there's this fear in our world of opening that up, like that our data is somehow our secret sauce. It's really not. So you're talking about opening up all of that construction data to be then analyzed. What do you think that kind of change, that kind of shift could give us? Well, one is I also, on another um, project effort, um, working with Unreal Engine, you know, Epic Games, came across this thought. It was inspired by you know business unit leader we've got. And he's not like a super technical person. Like one of the first things, it's a phrase I stole from him, got Nick Hurtman, but I said, he, he said this thing that we've got to quit trying to do technology for technology's sake. And I really lean into that now with people like we're not here, like with a storytelling and say, hey, I'm here to tell a better story visually. So the owner knows that we understand their vision, that we've communicated a plan to deliver the vision and that we're visually managing to get there. Like it's a anyway. So, you know, know why you're using the technology. But Nick challenged me with this thing as we're learning about Unreal Engine. He goes, Charlie, look at how they've crossed industries. From gaming to film to manufacturing to healthcare to now design to construction, how do we tap into this and speed up cross industry collaboration? So I started doing this research on cross industry collaboration, and bam, statement: someone out there has already solved your problem. You just have to figure out how to copy, adjust, paste the solution. So I think one of the things that would open up if we could begin to globally define and get this open source data model, what our problems are, we could then tap into these other areas of expertise, other people that have solved it. The easy, low-hanging fruit here is off-site manufacturing. There's, there's tons of talent in the world that knows how to do manufacturing well. But can we define our problem in such a way, make it accessible, make it at a scale where it's meaningful, to tap into those guys to say, okay, what they figured out how to do for cars and widgets and diapers and medicine, can we figure out how to do that for construction? What I find is we have a lot of guys who they've been pretty good on project by project Vegas who say, oh, let me go get a building with a roof on it. And I'm going to do what I used to do in the field, but a little bit better here. And it's terrible. And it's actually often more expensive because they touch it multiple times or they have quality problems or they just haven't. No, I, those are not the guys I need help with. Other than to be there as advocates for final quality, as understanding field sequence, I need the guys who've got the decades of experience in manufacturing saying, hey, this is how you do a manufacturing process. Here's how you make decisions on logistics, on freight, on shipping. So that to me is the one maybe fundamental thing is get it open so now we can bring <laughs> more players on our team. Um, You're right. I, I mean, I, I use this joke and you might get it and others might get it. But um, there was a there was a comedian back in the day that that said, you know, I'm I'm a comic, and then they came to me and they said, you're a great comic, can you write a screenplay? And he was like, would you go to a great chef and be like, you're a great chef? Can you farm? No, you're good at being a chef, and our field people are great at building. And you're saying, hey, look, you're great at building, come be a manufacturer. No, that's that's not what we need. We need. All the things in your brain, and this doesn't, I think there's this fear that that lessens the the quality of the person because, oh, well, you, you don't want me to do that part. It's like, no, no, that's because you're great at what you do. And I want you to translate and be the translator to break the disjointed between what how a manufacturer could solve a construction problem and we could do it efficiently. Because you're right. Most of the teams I've come across 
yeah, there's there's a lot of efficiencies and there's a lot that they can do, but nine times out of 10, they're creating new problems they didn't see coming. They're creating logistic problems on getting things from one place to another, getting people to learn how to install the new fabricated pieces. You know, that's all we need them focused on that, but we need somebody else focused on actually creating a manufacturing piece. There's a couple of groups out there trying it, but is that kind of what you're talking about? That's that mindset yeah, shift. Yeah, 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 there's that. So it's opening up. The, the other thing though is, and this, you know, I haven't worked with some of the, you know, emerging planning solutions, you know, anybody who's working toward AI machine learning, robotic process automation, you quickly learn your data has to be curated in a certain way. You have to collect it. I talk about, I need, I need higher frequency, lower cost data. I need yep. the daily unit costs they did on the Empire State Building in 1929, <laughs> but, but I need it on all my projects now. Um, but once you have that data, now you've enabled the opportunity to, to do a lot more intelligent things with that data. But it's particularly AI, the, the, I mean, the learning set sizes you need are pretty big. And, and, and my belief is no single GC and no single owner has enough data for us to really tap into the potential of AI. We're going to have to figure out how, in an intelligent way, we share these things, um, so that the we're we're learning across the right sample set. Um, well, yeah, and I would I would double down on that. That not only is there not one owner and not one GC, those would have their own biases built into it. Right. The the beauty of aggregating the data across multiple owners and multiple GCs and trades and others would be that we we kind of aggregate out any individual bias and we find industry bias, which is probably what we're more concerned about finding. Right. Right. There's another, there's another nuance and this, this, some of this comes back to that first point of open up who's on our team, but it's, it's also, um, how it would speed, you know, interoperability connectedness between systems, but having this open source data model. So Mark Petit, who leads, um, the film uh, manufacturing and AEC division at Epic Games sat down with him over coffee a couple of years ago. He said, Charlie, if you can figure out how to help create and get a buy-in on an open source data model for construction, we would be willing to help fund that. So I went off on this little research effort. Like who out there is working on data models? And what do you find? All these little fiefdoms that have their view, and 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 it became this thing like, wow, that's a big problem. I'm not even sure how to get to that answer. Like, who who would we need to bring to the table? How do we get them to agree? How would you set the minimum set? I've I've tried to launch it with some own organizations, and I've got some pushback. They're like, "That's an interesting problem, but we think it's too big for us." I'm like, "Well, you guys are owners. If you don't want to take it on, who does?" You know. And then you've got then you start to identify some of these other problems where we have guys that, for whatever reasons, want to have their own special data model for market share, and don't understand what the real potential cost is for that. Um, so that, that's another nuance to that. Like, so getting to that open source global data model to enable now, like it's absurd. We've got a, you know, a new technology for sensors on site. How many API connections do they need to have so that I don't have 10 different dashboards from 10 different vendors to look at? 
to understand my side conditions, right? This is why can't there be, and I got a buddy that played little league baseball with and did the West coast trips with growing up as a kid. And he decided he wanted to do some advanced math thing at Virginia tech. Next thing I know, he ends up working at Raytheon. And as a kid, he always has cool story. He always had, you know, like NASA's posters on his wall. Now he's at NASA, but he leads the development effort for the next generation FAA flight simulation model. And the beauty is if you're doing anything in aviation, you tap into that model and you're done, mm-hmm. right? You got one API connection to build. And now everything anybody's doing in the world as it regards to aviation, flight paths, understanding approach distances, when all of that, you're, you're building one. We go to guys and we're like, hey, can you build an API to these 20 things? Or we're with our data team. We're trying to do the same thing. How many of these, how often, how much waste is there in trying to connect stuff? Just because we can't come up with a common standard, connect here, done. No, you're right. We, I mean, we don't have that single model to draw that single piece and pipe into. The interesting part, though, about you know the 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 genomic sequence and now what you're talking about with the FAA is there are governing bodies around that that really that's their sole focus, right? And they kind of become the the stewards of the of the privacy, et cetera, that get that get done. I wonder. I wonder if we need that here in construction or something like it um, that that might help us. I mean, how? What do you think about that? I do. I also spent a little bit of time thinking about like how did we get the internet? You know, there's a set of standards there, and I don't know all the history. You know, I know some of it came out of government research, but then at some point it became open, and then there's a consortium, and they work together and they agree, um, and. I mean, we could spend it like maybe we maybe we look at because internally I have this conversation because we are we're always trying to figure out again what data elements we need and I'm always asking for two things simply can I please have uniformat and location breakdown structure and then if I need something beyond that let's have a conversation but if I at least have those two things consistently now, <laughs> you know with a start there because I think the uniformat effort was a was an attempt there. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, so we, it's not that we haven't tried, yep. but you know, um, and, and maybe that's part of the answer as we talk through this, so like, okay, let's go with something simple and let's align and then do a round two. What do we not, but we've never done that simple and aligned on anything. N- yeah. No, we don't do simple and we don't align. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have a podcast called disjointed if we aligned right. at all. Totally. Right. right. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good idea. Um, and and I think you're right. I think we've made attempts. I mean, this this is the this is the the difference in what I'm I'm doing here is that like we get flogged a lot. We're not not trying. There's a lot of us trying. There's a lot of people that I come across that are trying. We're experiencing a lot of failure. That that's part of the process of it. I think some of the the disjointed nature between um, our stakeholders drives this to be a lot more complicated um, than maybe some of the other industries where you've seen um, kind of mass consolidation. And then with mass consolidation comes an ability to solve problems a little differently. Um, and I, But there's a lot of people saying that that's where we're headed in this business too. I mean, um, what do you think though, because you deal a lot with people. You educate a lot on people, on project teams, on helping them get better around the current set of problems. So we've talked about the future set. Talk to me about today and what you're doing 
So if somebody's listening and they're like, okay, you lost me for a little while, but what can I take away today to at least get a little bit better? What do you do today with people? So one of the big things is we, we do simulations and we show that without changing the condition, you can change your strategy and get a different outcome. Uh, a, a, you know, a big, big, simple, powerful thing we're seeing is that the difference in tact time planning as compared to other planning methodologies and, and leaning into, again, what we're you know, cross-pollinating or stealing from manufacturing as fast as we can. How do we focus on small batch, one-piece flow, driving out waste and variance as a priority, understanding the value of stability versus focusing on critical path. Those things make a lot of difference. Um, another one where we, we are, tr we are really working hard to build better teams earlier. And this is a place where now, okay, again, if I could, if I could wave a wand and fix something, I mean, we, we have so much early onboarding project scoping waste. And the simple words I started to use is this. We need to find ways to have early compression instead of late compression. Because there are, you're right, there are construction teams that are I mean, it's creative, brilliant, and they absorb all this late compression. You know, they, they, get, they get to launch, you know, and they're almost already late. And then they're getting late design information, late material, late procurement, all of that late compression that they've learned to survive and somehow finish projects. And, and, and hats off, and I'm proud of them. And I came back into construction from nuclear because I missed the smell of construction in the morning and all the great personalities. Like, so I'm, I'm, all, I'm all there for, for these people. But think about what we give away early. Contract negotiations, who's, you know, all of this early stuff that we could get a lot smarter about if we had teams, owners that understood the value of that. Um, so you're talking about area. compressing. You you mentioned it earlier that SD to DD to CD, right. like that whole process. Every time we waste time making a decision there, we've lost time in the field, and yes. that's where we as a team have to get way better. I mean, that's it. That's where you're talking because right now we spread that out over. You're in pursuit. You're in you know, SDs, you're in contract negotiations, you're doing this, you're doing that, but you're still trying to decide on things. And then, oh, hey, we still want this built in 18 months because I have to start manufacturing whatever it is that I'm actually going to use this plant for, or I'm going to start, right. this school right. is going to open. Right. And, and then, so then we're stacking trades, which is the hardest thing on the, I mean, if you watch it, I'm with you. I mean, we got a lot of problems, but one of the greatest things in the world is just the way these people do that and somehow make it happen. You're like, how did all of you maneuver around one another, get the walls up, get all that HVAC, that all that plumbing, everything in there when we didn't give you enough time? And right. we and, got and, and, a, and, a, and a clear enough design. Yeah, yeah. all of that. Yes, right. Yeah. And a clear enough design to even know what the heck it is you're about to do. And we waste way too much time in that early process. And, and I'm with you. I think compressing that is one of the, the, the greatest areas we have for uh, an opportunity in the industry is to get decisions made much better there by bringing people together. There's this misnomer that, you know, the different skills in this business aren't needed. I think they are right. I mean, 
let's be honest, you're sitting in Bob Schneider's office right now. Do we really want to take away the skills that 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 they have created there? No. We we want to utilize them. We want to utilize them the best we can. Do we want to get rid of general contractors? No. We want to use them the best we can. Even designers. I mean, that was some of the earlier episodes I had. It's like maybe some of the things they're doing they don't need to do anymore, but we need their knowledge, right? We need them to be passionate about what they're passionate about. So I mean, hopefully that's starting to draw those things together. Is that what did I miss in there, Charlie? Well, you know, it's funny because Bob and I actually had this conversation sitting in this room yesterday afternoon. What would it mean if you just eliminated one pipe size, inch and a quarter? Like, what's the difference between an inch and an inch and a half? And how many times in design does somebody struggle with, should I have inch and a quarter, inch and a half? What if you decided we'll go inch and a half? What does that mean? And, and the context was this conversation about, to me, one of the things that keeps me optimistic is I believe that in construction, our industrial revolution is in our future. We have not yet gone through an industrial revolution. And if you look at the fundamentals of the industrial revolution, one of the first ones was interchangeable parts. Happened with Eli Whitney and rifles. Now with interchangeable parts, you had this, you know, common parts system that enabled industrial science that led to all these other things. When you look at that timeline, we're just now starting to think about interchangeable parts. And what's the value of that? Of saying, okay, rather than every building designs every wall as a unique system, what if we design a building with walls that we have five common panel types? What if an owner realizes, wow, you know, I've got a couple hundred hospitals and I got 2,000 MOBs and other facilities around the country and across all of these, I really only need five different designs for multi-trade rack. End of story. Um, and now the design talent, because here's how we change the world, they're focused on what do I do with this design so that offsite manufacturing and field installation is better. We start to bridge that gap again between the designer and the builder, because that's another fundamental problem that maybe I don't, I, I kind of have a line of sight on how we, can get after the problem of it's a project versus enterprise and global. This other one, what if our fundamental problem is we're the only industry where the, the party that's legally responsible for designing the problem project or product is not legally responsible for building the project or, or manufacturing the product. But, and then until we get that, until we get that joint, yeah. <laughs> everything else we're doing, we may be, you know, just running in circles that, that until the designer owns the production, you know, cause you look at all these other industries, that's what you've got. Um, I, I agree. I just ran a, I just ran a, an event for the construction progress coalition that was really around that building product manufacturers and the data that they have and, and consuming that data to use in the manufacturing piece. And that's exactly what you're talking about is taking that at not the product manufacturing, but all the way at the building you know, at the, at the project level. And it's a unique problem to join together. And I don't know if it, how we do it. I'm with you. I, I think we're on the path and I believe you, we're not at our, our true industrial revolution. We, you know, we like to talk out in the world when I'm out there about, you know, the fourth industrial revolution and it's happening on construction sites, but that's to get people excited about technology because you do need a level of excitement for people to take some of these risks. But ultimately, I don't think we've come close to our transformation yet. I think we've done an incredible job of building the tools that will accelerate us. But 
It's really about the people and figuring out where our mental models are broken and where we can change them. So with that, we're getting close to the end. So I want two things. If you were me in this chair and disjointed and you were looking at season two, where would you send me out to get more content for you, Charlie, to, to listen to and to, to digest a bit? I'm always interested for you know somebody who's just brain on fire that, that they figured something out that the world needs to know about. Um, and one of the things I've tried to do as a project storyteller traveling around both DPR and other, because I love success everywhere it comes from, right? If we got a $2 trillion and growing opportunity with construction waste, there's plenty of money for everybody if we all succeed. <laughs> so, hey, anyway, but so who are those guys? Like, wow, you know, we're, because we were able to do this in the nuclear industry. We changed some fundamentals and we we're delivering projects in 10 to 40% of average time. So those, those things are going to happen. Uh, you know, I, I got a buddy in Germany, Janusz Dulu, he's big on tacting and he's seen guys who embrace tack time getting 35 to 40% out of duration. So who are those guys that have figured something out and how do we talk to them? Uh, that would, that would be one. All right. Well, I will take that note and now let everybody know where they can follow you, connect with you and learn more from you. Cause I suggest everybody listening in does that. It's been fantastic since I met you in, uh, was it Phoenix we met and been following yes. you since. Yeah. That was one of my last trips before COVID hit. And, oh, that was uh, all of our last, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did one more road trip, but uh, yeah. So um, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, shoot, I don't mind my mobile number. Give me a text eight six four two zero one four nine nine four. Always glad to talk. Uh, LinkedIn. I think my handle is Project Storyteller. So, uh, but or it's you know search for Charlie Dunn, and uh, I usually try to show up conferences, uh, LCI, Lean Congress, uh, Advancing Prefab, end of April. Um, get a chance to do a simulation on tech time and how that improves our opportunity for offsite. Uh, so yes, various events and, uh, and, you know, Hey Jeff, appreciate what you're doing, you know, the vision and look forward to some more good conversations. Thanks Charlie. I appreciate you. And thanks for tuning in to this episode of Disjointed. Remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app to learn more about Disjointed or read the show notes. Just stop by disjointed.fm. Do you have a show idea or want to lend your voice to the discussion? Then email me at jeff at disjointed.fm. This show is brought to you by Join, the decision-making platform for the built environment. Learn more at join.build.